This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm TJ Lau from the Georgia Thunderbolts and you're listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Radio Show. Welcome back to The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well. I'm your host, Jay Scott, and uh, thank you for tuning in once again. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. You can find a few of my friends on the platform, like Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Tom and Zeus from Shout Out Loudcast, the number one rated KISS podcast, Ron and Esty, who does the Hanging and Banging podcast with Vinny Apathy and Carmen Apiece, as well as Mistress Carrie out in Boston, all been guests of the Hook Rocks. They're all on the Pantheon podcast platform, as well as a lot of other music-related podcasts. You can find them at PantheonPodcast.com. You can follow them on Twitter at Pantheon Pods, as well as Facebook. You can follow the Hook Rocks on any podcast platform that you do get your podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you do podcasts, as well as Follow us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks and Facebook. And don't forget to set your app to automatic download so you get all the latest and greatest Hook Rocks podcast. And 
check out some of our recent episodes. We just did a breakdown of the great 2021, the great year in rock music, which is known as 2021. There were so many great releases, and we broke it down in over five hours, two-part series from 30 to 15 or 30 to 16 in part one. And then part two, we counted down from 15 to number one. So check out all the Hook Rocks, Groove Council members, and what their picks were, our picks, as well as some guest contributors like Real Don Jameson, Matthew Wake, as well as Pete Dankelson from Pete's Diary. So a great episode as well. We did a Conversations and Collaborations with Travis McCready, former lead singer of Bishop Gunn, and Jennifer Lauren, the singer and guitar player from Diamonds and Whiskey. And don't forget to check out the one with John Notto, from Dirty Honey, as well as Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. Well, we're back. We're back to some normal episodes. We've done all these great breakdowns of the fourth quarter albums, the 2021 albums, and now we're back with a great interview. We have Britt Lightning from Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, as well as the band Vixen. She's going to be here to talk about the camp and what's going on in 2022 with her. Welcome aboard, Britt. How you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. I do appreciate it. Thank you for your time. I can't wait to get into it with you and talk about uh, some of the things that are being rolled out with this year with Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. I know with COVID, it's a challenge with keeping things active and postponements and scheduling. You got to kind of be very flexible. I think this year is probably going to be a lot better than last year, eventually, not now, but uh, we'll get into all that as well. But before we begin, we always ask the same first question every time we have a first-time guest on the podcast, and that is what we're really about. And just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock and roll fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? All right. Well, for me, it was when I first uh, when I first heard Eruption. Um, so that that really did it for me. I was 15. I was it was the summer before high school, and I was comforter shopping with my mom, and I was bored out of my mind. And we're in the store. And prior to that, I had really just been into like hip hop. Like I grew up in 90s, 90s hip hop and stuff like that. And so um, I, my parents are not musical at all. They didn't introduce me to like the Beatles or any cool bands growing up. I didn't have any musical background to really go off of. And so I'm bored in this store and all of a sudden I hear eruption and I'm just like, what is that? I've never heard any sound like that. I didn't even know it was a guitar. But I asked the person working there what it was because my mom definitely didn't know. And uh, they were like, oh, this is Van Halen. And I was like, okay, Van Halen. And I just had to learn more. I don't know. Something just went off in my mind and I was so drawn and intrigued. And after the comforter store, I said, mom, I'm running all these errands with you. I think you owe me a trip to Newberry Comics, the music store down the street. And um, so I bought a bunch of Van Halen records. And then I was like, my whole life gold, just everything turned upside down. I'm like, I need to learn to play guitar and be in a rock band. And and I never looked back. <laughs> did you ever have the chance to see Eddie live? Um, I did. I did. Uh, yep. I saw him quite a few times and uh, we never got to meet him in person, unfortunately. Where did it go from there in terms of your musical journey? I mean, obviously Van Halen is, a, is the beginning for a lot of people. Um, but as you evolve into different you know, tastes in rock music, your journey kind of may go in other, other direction. Where did it go for you? Yeah. So from there, I kind of got into more 80s 
bands um just because the guitar solo that's what i was interested in and you know growing up like i said in the 90s nirvana wasn't inspiring me to pick up guitar or anything like that but all like you know the hair bands and stuff like that really i loved you know white snake and winger and all the this awesome solos and all the guitar players and randy rose and just got really into you know metallica and just you know shredding music you know where people really really played and um and ironically i thought vixen was incredible because and lita ford though you know they were big influences um and from there that got me interested in having my own all-female rock band because i did realize boy there's not a lot of women doing this and they are so cool um you know how come so i started my own female rock band called jaded at a boston where i grew up and i did that for 10 years and then um and then you know it's hard doing your own band we we had we played a lot though we did some great tours and um made some recordings and stuff but then it got to the point where I was getting a little burnt out on it. And my friend said, you know, you should just audition for other bands. You can be a guitar player for hire. You know, then you just show up, you just plug in and you don't have to deal with anything else. And you just play, you get paid to play. And I didn't really know that was a thing. I was just such like all for one, one for all band mentality. And then, um, so then I, I went to audition and then I, I just became, um, kind of more of a gun for hire and did some great tours. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that was the projectile. When you think of the evolution of guitar from, let's just go from Eddie Van Halen through the 80s, and then you mentioned you know Nirvana, which was part of the grunge era where there wasn't a lot of guitar heroes. Maybe you know uh, Jerry Cantrell was probably the one that comes to mind from those groups of bands. But other than that, there really wasn't that melodic style that Eddie really started into Randy Rhodes. You had, you know, George Lynch and Satriani and all these other players. And now we fast forward into current day, you know, where you see a lot of young people on YouTube, just learning how to shred. And um, you see a lot of younger people picking up the instrument. And what I kind of observed was there was a gap for a long period of time where the instrument really wasn't as popular. And I think there's more of an upswing now than there was maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. What are you seeing, you know, with, with the younger generation, you know, as, as well as, you know, obviously people coming in the rock and roll fantasy camp, they want to jam with all their heroes, but what do you think of that evolution of guitar and where it is today? Yeah, I think YouTube and just the amount of tools we have at our fingertips now that's free and accessible. I mean, you can not know anything about guitar. And if you sit in front of YouTube, you can find tutorials. You don't have to pay for lessons. You can really learn an instrument. And um, I think it's great that kids are so, you know, growing up with such a, you know, uh, comfortability with technology and stuff. And so it's just, it's easy for them to, you know, they grow up with an iPad in their hands now and they learn so much. And it's, it's, I think the, that kind of technical learning is, you know, something that we didn't really have growing up. And, you know, we had to slow down, you know, we, we couldn't slow down records and stuff. You had to listen to the the guitar solo at that normal speed, which was pretty fast for some of those players over and over and over again to figure it out. I mean, now you can look up tabs, you can have somebody show you exactly what it is. You can tune down and, and slow down the track so that you can play it at, you know, two beats per minute instead of, you know, 200. So, um, I think that's made the instruments just so much more accessible and um, easy. And there's such a community now online where people can feel, um, you know, 
a sense, yeah, a sense of connection to other, other people. There's forums. They can talk about what's, what's not working and, you know, find out reasons, you know, how can I get better at this? How do you do it? And so, um, yeah, there's more of a community and I think it's great. And I think definitely during COVID people had all this time on their hands. And so more people did pick up instruments. And I think that's beautiful. That's, that's one good thing that did come out of COVID. Yeah. I, I talked to a luthier in Hermosa beach, uh, and, he was telling me that he, during COVID, he was busier than ever with people coming in that maybe they had money tucked away to go on a trip and, you know, they weren't going to spend it on that trip. And they decided to, you know, have a custom guitar built. And, and it was, he was like, it was just interesting. Or maybe where people were, were had their perspective changed where, Hey, you know, we're not going to be around forever. All this stuff's happening. Maybe I'm going to go buy that guitar that I've been wanting to have my whole life. And, and go purchase that. But he also said there were a lot of young people too, like really into the gear, which was surprising. And he's seen a, an increase in that too, as well. Um, it's just fascinating because, you know, I remember hearing eruption for the first time. Uh, I remember I was six years old and my, my brother had the vinyl in his room and I went in, I think I was home from school that day. I think it was in kindergarten and I grabbed the vinyl. I put it on phonograph and I, I, I remember subconsciously knowing that I had to put the headphones in or my mother was going to tell me to turn it off. And I remember listening to it and being blown away. Like it was just like, what is, what is happening? What am I listening to? So much so that when he did pass, I went, I took my son to my mother's house and I said, that's right there, right where I laid. And I listened to eruption for the first time. It was such an impactful moment. It was like, I'm like looking at it like it's a museum. It's suddenly now an exhibit in a museum <laughs> where I'm, I, this is where I laid down and, and listened to eruption and Van Halen one for the first time. It was such a huge moment. And you, you know, all the guitar players that came after that, um, it was a, a sad moment when guitar kind of took a back seat for rock music. And now you're hearing it again. There's a lot of great young guitar players that are out there that are playing that are really, really good. A lot of blues based guys, but you know, there's a lot of, you know, up and comers. And I, and I really am excited that now my son has that with his generation, you know, with guitar players trying to learn a lick, you know, whether it's the guy, John Nato from dirty honey, or, you know, whether it's um, the, you know, Blake from joyous wolf, which is another long beach band out there in California. So, um, so yeah, I, I do think the evolution of the instrument is really important. And I do think, though, it's it's really making a strong comeback. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I think it's a good time. We needed this. <laughs> we needed yeah, a, yeah. a rock comeback. Yeah. So getting into rock and roll fantasy camp, how did you get connected with that? Yeah, so I had always, you know, had mutual friends and had heard about it, but wasn't really sure what it was. And then finally, I just was home one night and I was like, I'm going to learn about this. And I did a bunch of research and uh yeah, and I got in touch with uh, David Fishoff, the founder CEO, and um, and he was like, "Do you want to be a counselor at one of these camps?" And I was like, "I absolutely do." And um, so I did my first camp in 2019, and um, it was playing uh, music of the Beatles, a special guest Cheap Trick, and so you know, it, it's basically this this four day experience where people come from all walks of life, all different ages men and women, all different experience levels. And, uh, you know, they join a band of people they've never met before and they learn to play with them. They learn a set list. They're mentored by a rock star counselor. Um, we have incredible rock star mentors that are just you know, staples at the camp and really 
contribute so much and make the camp what it is. We got people like Rudy Sarzo and Tony Franklin and Vinny Apice and just incredible. They're incredible people. Um, and they really share their experiences with you and their expertise. And then you, you know, the whole camp culminates with two live performances at live venues. When we do LA uh, camps, they're at the Viper room and at the, the whiskey go, go. And these people get to play on stage or friends and family come, and then they get to perform live with their favorite, you know, musicians. Like we just did our first camp back post COVID here in Florida. And uh, they played live at the hard rock hotel with um steve morris of deep purple and it was just amazing we had dave dave mustaine of megadeth came in he showed the campers exactly how to if they played the riff wrong he stopped he broke it down he said take your phones out i'm going to show you the right this is how i do it i mean just really cool experiences and then we had um nico mcbrain coming jamming on drums with everybody playing iron maiden tunes so it was it's, it's an amazing magical experience and a lot of people think too like oh my gosh this is that's a lot of pressure how am i supposed to how am i supposed to jam with nico mcbrain like how is that even going to work? Um, but you get over that fear factor and you make friends for life at these camps. And it's just, it's, it, you break down these boundaries and you just come out a better person, not just a better musician, but a better person. And it's just, it's kind of like rock and roll therapy. And there's really, I have never seen anything else like it. You mentioned it brings people from all walks of life all over. Um, I kind of compare it to like these sports camps that you see like these baseball fantasy camps and stuff and they have you know legacy uh players and stuff now you have legacy artists with the rock and roll fantasy camp but you know what is really the common theme of why someone wants to do this i mean i'm sure there's a lot of reasons but what really is the one that comes up the most I mean, the common denominator with everybody there is everybody is super passionate about music. And, um, you know, like Joe Perry said, he was talking to one of the campers at one of the camps and he said, uh, and the, the, the camper said, you know, I'm really happy to be here. He goes, I'm a lawyer, but, um, but, you know, I, I play guitar, you know, when I can, you know, my cover band on the weekends. And Joe said, no, you're a guitar player and you do that lawyer stuff so you can make money to buy guitars and feed your, feed your real passion. So it's people that, you know, I mean, Hey, who doesn't want to be a rock star? So mm -hmm. this gives them the opportunity to do that. When you talk to the counselors that come in, you know, these rock stars, you mentioned Rudy Sarzo, Joe Perry, Dave Mustaine, you, you know, this question is going to sound kind of weird, but What's in it for them in terms of, you know, why, why, you know, why does it interest these guys to do that? I mean, they've been on big stages. They've played for thousands of people. You know, some of these guys I know, you know, may not want to be in that type of environment, but the ones that you do see come in, what do they, you know, why do they do it? Well, like Roger Daltrey says, he's done it quite a few times. He says, it makes you remember where you came from. Yeah. You know, you can, you can just, in Sammy Hagar too, I said something similar, you know, you get all wrapped up in the business and you, then you come and camp and you see these people and, you know, maybe they don't even sound that great, but the joy that it brings them and the just, it's just extreme joy. And it's just like, oh, I remember when I felt that way, like it reminds me, like, I got to be grateful. I get to do this for a living. These people are living out. This is their fantasy. And that's actually what I do for work. That's my life. And, you know, it kind of just like, brings you back. It's almost like a reality check. And then just sharing your experiences and that love of what you do with somebody else that's just so passionate and, and just is so eager to learn from you and absorb all that. Um, just sharing that energy. It's, it's reinvigorating. And, and, you know, when they're on the road, they do a lot of, you know, meet and greets and signings and things like that, but you don't, 
often get the opportunity to really spend time and connect and have a relationship with people like this that, you know, and to take the time in a small, intimate setting and get, you know, it's really a intimate bonding experience that you just, you don't, you don't get at a meet and greet or anything like that. You know, I imagine for them, you know, being on these stages and touring and, you know, getting into that tour cycle and, you know, the rigors of the road and the, you know, the rigors of recording music and, you know, for, for different types of bands, maybe there's more pressure or less pressure, but I have to imagine, you know, like you said, it brings them back, but it it feels maybe a release for them because there's no pressure for them. It's, it's basically having fun and, you know, it's different because you can really kind of get wrapped up in that cycle of recording music and touring with music where you're in this bubble and, you don't get the joy. I mean, I, I can imagine being on, on the road for several months. By the end, there's probably very little joy. It's probably just, you know, go to the hotel, sleep, sound check, play, go to the hotel, sleep. I mean, and doing this, it's got to be, there has to be that, you know, that refreshing feeling for them that maybe they've sometimes feel like they've lost that. Yeah, I think they definitely get that. Yeah. And then for the people doing it, you know, signing up and playing, I can imagine that, you know, obviously there's that nervousness of seeing one of their heroes up that close and, you know, being working together for a few days. Um, and that's got to be an experience. So it's, it's almost like they're, they're giving each other something, right. You know, exactly. it is, it's mutual. It's mutual. Everybody gets something out of it. The campers, the talent, the counselors, we all do. It's yeah. And, and our counselors come back time after time too, because it's that, I don't know, it's that giving back it's, and, and, and you do, you really, you bond with these people and you become friends with them. I was just on a zoom call earlier with some of the counselors today and uh, our uh, base counselor, Ashley Reeves, she plays for filter and she plays for share. She said, uh, she goes, yeah. Um, one of the campers in my band uh, officiated my wedding, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's like you do, you, you, you make these bonds and the connections real, you know, everybody's there for the right reasons. Yeah. No. So as far as, you know, COVID related stuff, you know, obviously there's been challenges over the past few years. How have you been able to navigate through that, you know, in terms of postponements, in terms of rescheduling? I mean, you can imagine it, you know, these last couple of years have been really hectic. Yeah. So like I said, we had just done our first camp last week um, in Florida since, in you know, since 2020 when this all started. So, um, but we were keeping really busy during COVID. We did an online Zoom uh, masterclass series and um, I hosted over 160 of these classes during COVID. And, and we did have people from Alice Cooper to Roger Daltrey to Joe Elliott of Def Leppard to Steve Howe of Yes. Uh, we had Steve Stevens from Billy Idol. We had just an incredible array of talent. We got managers like Shep Gordon. We got um, Jason Flom from Lava Records. So we really stayed engaged and um, delivered talent to you know the people. And, and again, it was a really special experience because they spent over an hour online in the same virtual room as, as these people and, and got to hear their wisdom. And it was a different experience because these artists weren't promoting a record or they won't, they weren't promoting a tour. There was no hidden agenda. It was just very honest conversation uh, and honest feelings. And a lot of these people at the time didn't even know if they'd ever be on stage ever again. So it was a really interesting um, 
experience. And, and David and I would be on these calls. Sometimes we'd have them twice a day. I mean, we, we were doing them all the time and every day we, we end the call and get on the phone with each other and be like, Oh my God, I'm so inspired. That was so amazing. So that, that helped me get through COVID. That was, that was, uh, it was amazing music therapy and, and the artists needed it too. They were cooped up. They couldn't see their fans. They, you know, Alice Cooper said, I don't, you know, I know I've, we've been on here for like 90 minutes, but I don't have anywhere to be. So I'm cool to hang out. Uh, so it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I bet. Cause I've had a, you know, interview with a lot of, you know, legacy artists. And during the you know, time of COVID, it was funny. There was like the one camp that just didn't do anything. They were just kind of like looking out the window every day. And then the other ones that were just creating, and recording multiple things and multiple albums. And it's just a different way the, the artist works. You know, I, I, I can imagine the people that really weren't doing anything, you know, they're the type of artist that needs that everyday life in order to be creative and have those experiences. And when they're not, they're not experiencing that stuff, it's probably very difficult for them to, to be inspired. Whereas other guys are just like, pick up a guitar, make a riff and, and, uh, and keep playing. But as far as the typical camp, um, for people listening that have been interested in it and may not know exactly what goes on, what is the typical camp for someone coming in to play and, and be counseled and, and be part of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp? Yeah, so a good portion of the time you're rehearsing with your band and learning from these rock star counselors and mentors. We have master classes. We have Q&A sessions with all the headliners. Um, we have jam rooms. So you get to jam with all the different people at camp, not just the ones in your band. Um, and then we have the live performances and it, it goes by like that. You think like four days of playing, that's going to be a lot. And it, I mean, you are exhausted at the end of it because it's nonstop. Every moment is filled. The schedule is tight, but, um, it's, it's the best, best type of exhaustion at the end. Um, but yeah, the, the day pretty much consists of that, you know, learning, being with these people. And then even when we have lunches and dinners and stuff together, I mean, you're sitting down with these people and, you know, like Jerry Cantrell sat right down next to a camper and, and camper was just like, oh my God, I'm having lunch. I'm eating a sandwich next to Jerry. Like, this is so crazy, but that's how it is because uh, it's a really calm environment and artists feel really comfortable and, you know, they know that everybody's there to just learn and, so, um, yeah, but, but, but basically a lot of time rehearsing, learning songs, learning how to be comfortable on stage. And, um, you know, there's different counselors for each band, but, you know, if you play guitar and you have a bass counselor as your counselor, you can still go over and get tips from the guitar counselor that's working with the other band. So everybody's really, um, there to help each other out. As far as, you know, that, that nervousness that a camper may feel going there, is there anything in particular you guys do to kind of break the ice or is it just kind of like a ongoing, you know, thing with, with, with both the campers and counselors? Definitely. We started doing these um, online open house zoom calls every Tuesday night at 5 PM Pacific time, 8 PM uh, Eastern time. And it's basically me and David and we go on and we just talk about the experience and we really welcome anybody that is considering camp or has just signed up and doesn't know enough about it. And as an open forum with questions, we have past campers on there to share their experiences. Um, and we're there to, you know, give more information too. So that's been really helpful. So we, we do that every Tuesday. Um, and then also when you do sign up for a camp before, uh, you meet in person before the camp begins about a week in advance, you'll get on a zoom call with your counselor and with your band. 
um, which we had never done before, you know, now that everybody's so comfortable with Zoom, we get everybody together on Zoom, everybody meets each other, sees each other face to face, it really breaks the ice, they talk about the set list they want to do, talk about their levels, you know, they can even, you know, share riffs and things like that. So that breaks the ice a lot and makes everybody a little bit more comfortable. So they know who they're meeting and they, you know, they already feel like they've got friends before they get there. And as far as practicing, like, as, you know, bass, drums, guitar, are they in separate rooms or is it all big one studio? How does Everybody that work? It's their own rehearsal spaces. Okay. So each band is in their own space with their counselor. And and then, like I said, but everybody gets the opportunity to jam with other people, too. And we open up jam room nights and stuff like that. And so then then it's like, then you can go up and say, hey, Rudy Sarzo, like, I, it's my dream to jam Crazy Train with you. Can we do this? And then people will just get up and it's like. And so it's just all, all, all sorts of magic and all sorts of memorable bucket list moments happen. That's great. And you mentioned you teaching through the masterclass program, the 160, which is absolutely, you know, incredible. Um, Is that part of, you know, the actual camp? Is that separate from the camp? Is it combined? How does that all work, you know, for someone that's interested? Yeah, that's separate. Um, and we actually, we kind of stopped doing them when the world opened back up and now we brought them back to help prep, prep for camp. So that's another way you can prep for camp. For example, um, we're doing a women's only camp. We've never done one before. Um, and Jennifer Batten from Michael Jackson is one of the, um, uh, counselors. And so she's doing a masterclass tonight, a guitar masterclass. And so she will help you, you know, learn the songs, answer questions about, you know, the songs that you need to learn from the upcoming camps and just even if you're not attending camp, I mean, it's going to be amazing to learn guitar tips from somebody like Jennifer Batten. So we do offer those. We'll be posting more of those shortly. Um, and those are all listed at rockcampmasterclasses.com. And, uh, but they'll be featuring our upcoming counselors and talent for these uh, new upcoming camps. What are some of the upcoming camps in 2022? Yeah. So, um, our next camp back is in LA, February 17th through 20th over President's Day weekend. Speaking of Jerry Cantrell, it's with him from Allison Chains and it's with Kim Thiel of Soundgarden, Dave Cruzen, the original drummer from Pearl Jam. That's going to be amazing. Um, our women's only camp, uh, we were actually going to have it, um, at the end of January here, but with the Grammys postponing and a lot of things postponing during this current surge in LA of the Omicron, we are postponing it and we're doing that over Mother's Day weekend, May six through nine. And, uh, and that features Melissa Etheridge, Nancy Wilson of Heart, Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's and Orianti. Uh, we've got a camp coming up at the end of March in Las Vegas, um, featuring, um, Rudolph and Matias of the Scorpions. We've got Zach Wild, Sebastian Bach. Um, and then we've also got a camp coming up mid-March in Florida in the Fort Lauderdale area with Joe Perry of Aerosmith, Vernon Reed of Living Color and Tico Torres of Bon Jovi. Wow. That's some uh, heavy hitters there. Oh, wait. And one more. I almost forgot. And our first ever songwriting fantasy camp, which we are doing with the one and only Desmond Child. That's going to be taking place April 7th through 10th in Nashville. And we've got people like Emmylou Harris coming in as a special guest, John Hyatt, Steve Cropper, Felix Cavalieri. Um, It's going to that's going to be amazing. We've never done one like that before. So that's going to be very special. I notice a lot of the counselors come back like. You know, I, I, I've seen Alice do a lot and, and, uh, you know, I know Sammy's done a couple as well. And, you know, I noticed they, 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 they come back and, and they, you know, that relationship starts to develop, you know, and I can imagine that they, you know, like I said, the craziness of what happens in their real life 
you know, the, you know, just to kind of come in and it's, it's, it's got to feel, you know, something special for them that they keep coming back and wanting to do it again. Definitely. Because, you know, the first time you can, you can tell them there, but you can, you know, convince them that it's going to be cool and you should try it. But the fact when they come back, you just know that they really, truly enjoyed the experience. Yeah. So we're really lucky to have people that really appreciate the experience that we're providing. And it's, it's really, there's nothing else like it. Now, do artists approach you or do you guys approach the artists about being interested? How does that all work with, with getting them on board? Both. I mean, we approach some people and then, and then some people are like, um, you know, like uh, I think Nancy Wilson heard about it from Jerry Cantrell or vice versa, but they were friends and she, you know, I think Nancy was like, Oh, you're doing that. How was that? Okay. I'll try that. And, you know, so um, yeah, uh, word of mouth. A lot of times people see, hear about it and see about it and just think it's cool. And everybody loves to give back. I mean, you know, especially when you've been doing it for a long time and it just, it does, it makes you appreciate you know, where you came from and, and it makes you feel good. And so rock camp is all about feeling good. And actually there's a documentary film about it. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, it's out on uh, all the streaming services now rock camp, the movie. And that really kind of gives a great overview of, of what it's all about. Now, is that more of a documentary format or is that more just, you know, giving someone the experience that maybe hasn't done it yet? Or how does that, uh, how is the fantasy camp portrayed in that? Yeah, it's a documentary format. It's a, uh, you know, 90 minute full length um, documentary about the background, how it started, you know, over 25 years ago and uh, how it's been going strong and changing lives ever since. And I remember watching on the journeys of a couple campers. I think it focuses on four, four campers right. journeys, like, you know, with different backgrounds and, you know, where they started and takes them through the camp and, and what it's really like and the outcome. <laughs> I remember watching a video from rock and roll fantasy camp. I don't know how long ago it was, but Tommy Lee was on the drums and George Lynch was on guitar (laughs) and I'm watching it, you know, in Chicago. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is like, if I, I I don't know if I was like a camper there, I probably wouldn't even be able to play because I'd be in awe of just what I'm witnessing. And And they were both, I forget what song they were jamming to. I think it was looks that kill or something like that. And it was just, you know, two big names from that period, just, they probably never played before, you know, and here they were just jamming and it was absolutely incredible. <laughs> right. I know the com- combinations you get, like you wouldn't find anywhere else of the players that end up playing together at camp. So no, but I know, I, I mean, I get intimidated too. I'm like, really, I'm going to get up and, and do this right now with these players. That's, that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. pitch me. this can't be real. I'd never, ever guess, you know, my 15 year old self would never believe this is happening right now. And, you know, with you being there, you know, and then you've got the band Vixen, how do you balance that time between both? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, they're both, they're both amazing and super fun. And and luckily, I've been able to balance them both. Vixen doesn't really straight tour for weeks at a time or months at a time. You know, we mostly go out on weekends and stuff like that. And so, um, so it's doable. And then also the fact that, you know, zoom works. I mean, I can help set up camps and do all the, the prep work from anywhere really. So I can work from the road, which is nice. And then, um, and then I love to travel. So I get to travel, you know, to, for the live camps and then I get to travel for Vixen. So it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting life. I, I enjoy it very much. <laughs> What's it like for you being in Vixen? You mentioned at the early part of this conversation about, you know, when you were learning guitar and going back and checking out the eighties bands, you know, you notice Lita Ford, you notice Vixen, and now you're in Vixen and life sometimes comes full circle. What is, what's that like? 
it's amazing. I mean, I look up to these women so much and they're so talented and now they're like my sisters. I mean, we're so close and, uh, you know, they always say like the best way to get better is to play with people better than you. And so it's an honor to play with them and share the stage with them. And it's just, and learn from them too. Uh, They've had, they have amazing stories, amazing experiences. And I'm, I'm just so happy that I uh, can help uh, carry it forward. What's the, their schedule like? What's the, what's, you know, what's your plans for 2022 outside of rock and roll fantasy camp? Yeah. So we just played a great festival down in Key West last weekend, um, Rock Island Fest. That was a blast. Um, we've got the Monsters of Rock Cruise pre-party and the, the cruise coming up in February. Um, and uh, we just got a lot of scattered dates across the U.S. Um, and hopefully we'll do more of a longer run um, in the spring and summer. And uh, I haven't heard about some European festivals yet, but I'm hoping with with COVID and everything kind of on the decline that we can get back overseas because we love playing over there and doing those festivals. And Is it just, you know, with, with Vixen, you know, doing festivals and touring, is there any plans for new music at, at any, at any time? Definitely. Yes, we are. I know we've said this quite a bit lately and it, it seems like it's not really happening, but we are working on a new record. It is going to happen. Uh, we hope to release a single uh, within, you know, the next month, at least get that out there. And uh, yeah, we're pumped. <laughs> it's It's been taking a little bit longer. We all live all across the U.S. So we got one in Florida, one in I'm in L.A. We got one in Detroit, one in Nashville. So we're pretty spread out. So it's taking us a little bit longer, but we're on it. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, a lot of those bands from that period, you know, have really experienced, you know, a resurgence in popularity over the past couple of decades. And it's nice to see that those bands and their musicianship, because I, I, you know, you could, you could talk about what they looked like back then, but when you listen to the music, those musicians of those bands, you know, whether it's Vixen, whether it's other bands, they knew their instruments. Right. I mean, they really knew how to play, you know, and yeah, I mean, maybe the image kind of, you know, took away from that at that time and shortly thereafter. But it's nice that, you know, the the individuals in those bands like yourself are are finally or getting recognition for being really good musicians, because a lot of them were during that time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you think about I, I always I always get discouraged when I hear someone call those bands hairband and not really talk about their music. Oh, it sounds like a hairband. Well, what does a hairband sound like? What does that sound like? Because, you know, to me, hairband doesn't have a sound. I mean, it's rock and roll. It's rock music. And, you know, we should appreciate what they gave us and the bands, what they did. So, yeah, I, I'm always very happy to see, you know, those bands still performing and still knocking it out of the park because a lot of them still sound great. They do. They really do. I mean, that was a lot of those bands on this festival this past weekend and everybody's on their A game. So yeah, <laughs> it's real rock and roll. It's good. And as we close, you know, about rock and roll fantasy camp, um, as far as the moments that you kind of remember, what's your favorite moment, you know, being, a, being there and being a part of it, you know, what, what do you look back and say, wow, that was really the moment that, you know, I always wanted to do this, but I really, you know, am in love and in doing the rock and roll fantasy, fantasy camp and being a part of it. Um, at my first camp, um, you just seeing people come off stage with this extreme joy, high fiving each other, tears in their eyes. Some people are crying, uh, saying, "I can die happy now." Bucket list check. Like this was the most 
moment, the most memorable moment of my whole life. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Um, just that extreme true joy just gives me chills just thinking about it. Um, and just, just seeing people's dreams come true. That's, that's the most amazing part of it. And that's why I'll always want to be involved with it. Well, Britt, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is great. All right, everybody. That's Britt Lightning from Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp and the band Vixen. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.